money. You can't really get through life without it. Some people use it to define success. Some people use it as the key to reach their goals. And some people use it to attain freedom. Whatever your motivation, you need to know how to earn it, how to use it and how to grow it. For years, women have been telling their beauty stories, their success stories, their health stories. Now, we want to talk to women about their money stories. Welcome to Tilly Money. Susan Martin is the Managing Director of Johnson & Johnson Medical Devices in Australia and New Zealand. As a former surgical nurse, Susan has had a marked progression through the ranks of Johnson & Johnson, from sales and marketing through to Vice President of Cardiovascular and Specialty and beyond. At a time when the medical industry has been heavily under pressure, Susan has helped lead her team through challenging times with strong conviction. But if I had to crystallise it, and I think the, the the defining learning was there is something inherent in, in nurses, and uh, I think that's care and compassion. Mm. And let me tell you, I think that that's possibly an underrated or an underutilised skill mm. in the world. Mm. And, uh, never has those skills been so important for me and my organisation mm. this year during a global pandemic. Today's episode is brought to you by our principal partner, Mortgage Choice. 2020 has been a challenging year, so Mortgage Choice and its national network of mortgage brokers are on a mission to help Australians restart their 2020. Whether you're looking to buy your first home or investment property or want to refinance an existing home loan to get a better deal, let a Mortgage Choice broker answer all your questions, show you what's available and do the legwork to help you restart 2020. Visit mortgagechoice.com.au or call 137762 to speak to your local broker. Susan, welcome to Tilly Money. Oh, fabulous. Thanks for having me, Maureen. It's an absolute pleasure because what I've just read out there is the introduction is quite a success story. So before we get anywhere, obviously we want to focus on money issues, but mm. tell us about you and you know, how you got on this career trajectory and how you ended up in this incredible position you have at Johnson & Johnson. Well, I feel uh, very fortunate in, in many ways. I've had some great opportunities, some great sponsors uh, along the way, um, but started my working journey, as you mentioned, as a surgical nurse. Yeah, and amazing. Mm. I did that to travel the world. Yes. I, you know, as most uh, yeah, young a- want to do. And it's a very portable job, nursing. <clears throat> I would imagine I at in, some stage you worked in London, I would imagine. Certainly did. I worked in the UK and I worked mm. in New Zealand. And uh, I just had, um, you know, this great um, this great time. met so many great friends mm. and uh, it was a great part of my life, it, mm. it, it was. But uh, I then had uh, the opportunity to uh, to cross the divide, so to speak, mm-hmm. and uh, Move into uh, move into industry, and a, a, an opportunity came up with uh, with Johnson and Johnson, and it was a company that not only was I familiar with from the obvious reasons that everyone is familiar mm. with Johnson, but even through my nursing days, um, I was exposed to, to this organisation. Well, ba- Susan Band Aids, if nothing else. Correct. <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. And uh, I thought, well, you know what? Let's let's see if I can do this. Mm. Uh, I remember at the time I went to my boss, who was the most senior nurse, and I said, look, if this doesn't work, will you promise Mm. to take it back? Mm. And she said, 
whilst I'm in charge, you will always have a job. And so that was the push and all that I needed uh, to, to take on a new challenge. Mm, well, that was a fabulous tick of approval from your boss to take take you on. But I can imagine I understand why even from the few minutes I've spent talking with you because uh, you can hear a charge in your voice. Um, so, okay, so you then go over to Johnson & Johnson. Tell us more. So I, um, I've literally worked my way from the factory floor, oh. if I in, in those terms and uh, you know every opportunity came with um, a new challenge um, and the great thing with J&J of course is it's such a large company I feel like I've worked for five or six or seven companies mm. I've uh, worked in the US I've worked uh, in Asian markets and so I've had so much opportunity to try different things and, and new things and uh, you know from from a, a pure sales and commercial and marketing but I've also done things like um, integrations of acquisitions that mm. Johnson has made bringing new businesses into into the fold um, worked uh, with our colleagues in China and Japan to expand their markets and and bring new technology into surgeons hands um, and ultimately you know that new technology means that you know some patient somewhere in the world is is hopefully getting a better outcome mm, that's certainly a very very good outcome if that happens so Susan let's roll back a bit um, I want to hear more about your career success story too because to be holding a position of managing director in you know a big company like Johnson & Johnson, you know, that's not an everyday accomplishment. You know, that's, there's, there's a lot behind that story. So let's hear more of that later. But because Tilly Money focuses on money, funnily, funny that, um, yep. <laughs> where did you – what were your influences? Maybe not so much about money but your, your influences that drove you to be successful – and then let's hope one of those is also financial independence because that's a key measure of success. What, what were your early influences like there, Susan? Look, I, I would say from very early on, I had a very strong work ethic. Mm. Um, really, that, that comes from, from your upbringing, right? And, uh, you know, getting my first job at uh, 14 years and nine mm. months mm. was the case uh, in the day. And what and was that job? Tell us. Yeah, well, it was a summer job and uh, I was packing um, uh, school books for the, the school orders and so all okay. the come mm. to the location and then uh, I would be packing maths books and geography books mm. for all the schools uh, around Australia. Mm. And so very early on I, I learned the, um, uh, a work ethic, um, the commitment that comes with being at work on time and some I mean, I'd, I'd like to say they're just basic principles. Mm. Um, some of those basic principles truly follow me today. Mm. Uh, even in my role today, um, it's still about those some of those basic principles that I hold dear and, mm. you know, to some degree that I have a high expectation of for the people within J&J. &J. Mm, it's true, they're ingrained in you. Tell me, did you save any any of that money that when you earned it? You were 14 and nine months, I think you said. Was there yeah. some saving going on or was it all just like a lot of us do when we're young? It just gives us that independence to go and buy things we like. No, I mean, my, my mantra, again, which has stuck with me, you do have to spend a bit, right? There has to be fun. There has to be some um, some good things that come Of course. Money, but, uh, um, it was all about spend a bit and save a bit. Mm. And if you do that in equal portions, even better. Mm. Uh, and, a, a, again, um, that's something that has has stuck with me. But, uh, yeah, from, from very early on, I was acutely aware, um, and I think, again, part of your upbringing, the value of a dollar. Mm. 
I wanted something that I couldn't afford, um, you know, I had to wait. Yeah. Mm. You know, there's no lay-by in those times or no. pay after mm. pay. And, no, well, uh, they've made it even easier because you did have to wait with a lay-by, but now you can actually get it. You know, yeah. you take it now and then you pay later. So they've reversed that equation. Yeah. They've absolutely reversed that equation. Mm. And uh, whilst I, I do use some of those things now, of yeah. course, mm. uh, yeah, it was, and they're the sorts of things I think are really important. Mm. Tell us, though, you, you had these summer jobs and that's great. And so you, you're getting this idea of, you know, how hard it is to earn a dollar, I guess, when you're packing all those books into boxes, you know, that uh, not easy work. Um, so the value of money is there. What was your actual first job in nursing? So you went and did a, a course, you know, you got your qualifications in nursing and then you took on your first actual full-time. Yeah, um, I, and so that was in a country hospital okay. in Victoria and, uh, you know, it's, it's, it was a, a, a role on a general ward, a bit of everything, so to speak. Uh-huh. Um, which was great because it, g- it gave me a great background, but I then uh, realised fairly quickly that I wanted to specialise and get into acute care. Mm. Uh, that brought me to the big smoke um, where it was just a, um, you know, bigger hospital, um, you know, more acuity, mm. uh, higher volume, all of those sorts of things, but it gave me a great exposure into um, acute care mm. and, and that- where I had a strong passion, you could absolutely see the impact and not to over-dramatise, but, you know, life or death, you know, that type of impact that we could, we were having on on patients. And that's Mm. really powerful, right? Mm. That's the reason to get out of bed every day Mm. and see the impact of that. So that was always a really strong driver for me, Um, you know, seeing seeing that impact and seeing it relatively quickly also um, was was really fulfilling. Oh, the role of nurses in society, you know, what they do and, you know, their value sometimes, you know, is a a topic of, you know, much debate. Um, I have a young niece who's a nurse and she's been working um, in emergency, um, you know, the things that she sees and particularly with COVID. I mean, she actually ended up um, becoming infected with COVID purely through her job. And, uh, you know, and for young, young, young nurses, they just do amazing work. You know, it's, um, well, it's, you know, it's, credit to all of our frontline workers exactly. at all, but particularly this year. I mean, it's been unbelievable. Mm, totally agree with you. So, okay, you, you're nursing and then does the bell ring and you think it's time to travel? You know, I need to put the backpack on or I need to, you know, get on the, the budget flight or whatever, you know, and, and set sail. So was there a, do you remember that moment where you thought this is time to change, I want to grow, or I just want to have fun? Uh, a bit of both. Um, I do, you know, distinctly recall that, uh, you know, I wanted to see the world. Um, I, I, I wanted to experience all of that had to offer. Um, but I also knew that I had to be able to work whilst I was over there yeah. to be able to afford my lifestyle, mm. which was fairly meagre at that point. <laughs> and uh, it was, um, here. here is the, the, the budget tip or my budget tip of the day. Mm. I had hundred dollars a day and uh, um, and that was everything that was accommodation food Mm. everything comes with a hundred dollars a day so some days were two hundred dollars if you wanted to do something really exceptional which next day was not so uh, next day had to go very lean yeah and so you know again just very a simple example but uh, again just how budgeting was just so critical when I was traveling Mm. over because it meant the difference between, you know, eating or not or yeah. doing fun or not or, you know, my level of accommodation or not. Yeah, yeah, totally understand. Been there, been there definitely. What, when you went to the corporate world, 
you know, when the opportunity came along with J&J. What fundamental skills did you think that you learned in nursing that helped equip you for your corporate positions, you know, as you evolve through J&J in different different roles, ultimately to the MD role you have now? Yeah. Look, I think um, in nursing, no two days are the same. It's very unpredictable. Um, there is that element of the unknown. Um, there is the complexity of not only dealing with the patient, but all the other health ancillary staff, the family. Um, so a lot of skills that are just so relevant to um, uh, to, to, to my role um, and, and even as managing director. But if I had to crystallise it, and I think the the, the defining learning was there is something inherent in, in nurses and uh, I think that's care and compassion. Mm. And let me tell you, I think that that's possibly an underrated or an underutilised skill mm. in the world. Mm. And, uh, never has those skills been so important for me and my organisation mm. this year during a global pandemic. Mm. Um, and, and, and they're probably the skills that I, I think have, have propelled me along in my career because they are, you know, or can be a differentiator in the corporate world. Mm, definitely, without a doubt. They're very caring, compassion. They're very, very good values. But um, through all this, what keeps you motivated and passionate, Susan? Yeah. Look, I... Uh, I work for the largest healthcare company in the world and every day someone is going home to their partner, their family, their grandkids because of the work that our company does. Now, that may be they've had their tumour removed, they've had their knee replaced, um, they've had their arrhythmia fixed. Uh, so that's what motivates me. I, I get to be able to do that at scale um, and I was doing that during nursing, but it was mm. one patient at a time. Um, it's now hundreds and millions of patients mm. at a time. And uh, that's powerful. I mean, it does get me out of bed every day yep. uh, knowing that, um, you know, I'm part of that. You mm. know, one pop in the wheel, but part of, of that. And I think here, you know, uh, specifically for, for Australia, um, you know, we, we're close enough to see exactly what that impact is. Mm. And, uh, yeah, that, that's what keeps me, that fundamentally what keeps me motivated. And then secondary is that, I mean, I, I do work with some amazing people. I love what I do. We mm. have fun doing mm. it, a great uh, environment. And, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, I mean, that, that, that's what keeps me going. Sounds like pretty good ingredients. Um, Susan, we all faced as people who run businesses, when the COVID challenge came along and was tossed at all of us, how did you, what, what did you draw on? You know, what skills, what internal skills or whether they be things you had to learn or they were just there that, you know, you dug deep in, what, what kept you going through? Because they were dark days, you know, when you look, when you look back, you know, with nine difficult months, what kept yeah. you going? Yeah. Look, I think that initially, uh, I mean, it was a bit of the unknown, right? Yeah. We could certainly draw upon um, some of the experience our colleagues in Asia um, mm -hmm. had gone through just before, but there was no management playbook on, on how mm -hmm. to deal with this and it really went down to some basic principles of we need to save jobs, 
we need to save salaries. We need to make sure our people are safe. Um, you know, a lot of our team are in hospitals every day supporting the and nurses and so they're also at the front line how can we make sure that they are safe and they are not impacted how can we make sure that people can balance their family responsibilities um, you know homeschooling and everything that came with that and so it really came down to um, looking at what were those key fundamental mm -hmm. things that needed to solve for our organization um, as well on, on top of that and probably almost um, most important we are one of the largest suppliers of medical equipment of in Australia. Mm. how can we make sure our business continues to operate mm. how can we make sure that we can get product into Australia mm. all the borders were closing around the world and mm. get the hospitals in every state of Australia and New Zealand so that emergency surgeries mm. could still continue could still continue and so you these forget, you forget that you actually have to keep the supply chain going supply i can tell you Maureen, i've learned more about supply chain <laughs> in the 12 months than i ever knew before and uh you know standing up if you ever want to test your supply chain have a global pandemic <laughs> and we just uh, certainly know how that works now we mm. certainly know how our business continuity plan yep. works now. Yeah, it so was put it was put into action susan <laughs> totally yeah, yeah, yeah. If it, one it, day it's a plan on paper and the next day it's a living thing hmm. you know and um it was just the constant connection with the leadership team i mean it was it was daily in those early stages and um each and every time answering those key questions are we supplying our our customers is the business still going are we preserving cash to make sure that we can preserve salaries and jobs are our people safe and and fundamentally just went down there and if we knew if we solved the big issues then the other ones would all fall um fall um you know in in line so uh and now that we're at the other end maureen mm. you know i look back and i go gosh as a leader i learned a hell of a lot um but fundamentally just exceptionally proud of the organisation and, and how they responded and how they adapted and mm. uh, um, hopefully, hopefully the, you know, the worst is now all behind us. Mm. When you said you learned a lot, take us through that. What do you think the key learnings were? So, look, the key learnings for, for me, I was, um, you know, I, I had to very much admit I didn't have all the answers, right? I was asking far more questions um, and people were also looking to me for answers. And so it was really finding that uh, appropriate ground of communicating really clearly to the organisation what we knew but what we didn't know. Mm. Um, and that was as equally as important to tell them what we didn't know as well as what we did know. Mm. Um, and, so, and so that was a, a, key, a key learning for me. I think... The second key learning was initially we were really concerned that with everyone moving um, to a, a home office in environment, um, with business, in fact, being stopped by elective surgery being stopped, we were really trying to make sure that people were connected and engaged and, and, and busy. My learning was we probably overdid that, right? And, uh, you know, we had to pull back and find a natural rhythm that, that made sense. Um, and then finally, um, I have worked out, Maureen, not that I intend to do it, but uh, I can run, run an organisation from my spare room. <laughs> yeah. um, amazing, amazing what you can do, um, you know, when you look back and think of, I got through that. How did I get through it? But you know, you did. So, 
Yeah. Not that you ever want it again. Hmm. Correct. I'm Melbourne-based, Maureen, so I did it a bit longer than most. Okay, Um, of course, yeah, of course, uh, extra difficulty, yeah. So that must have been tough that time. Oh, look, no doubt, but I think like... uh, you know, you always, always got to look at the, the positive sides of, of, of this thing. I've got, uh, you know, my, my family was, was, was healthy. We have a backyard, um, you know, the online school program. The school did a, did a great job. Mm. And, you know, there is, I was home every night for dinner. Let yeah. me tell you, yeah. I'm in an aeroplane all the time. Yeah. More time with my family yes. than ever. There's always there's always a silver lining. There's always good stuff, and that's that that's a real that's really good stuff. You know, I've heard that over and over again. But um, they were difficult times, um, and still are. But you know, certainly 2020 <clears throat> seems to be the hallmark of difficult times. But Johnson and Johnson and ANZ was um, was awarded the best health and wellbeing program for 2020. It's really hard when you've got a pandemic going on and you all you're thinking about is saving people's jobs. But were there extra things you were able to do for employees? I mean, it's a great gift to an employee to save their job, but I think we all like to do extra things. What were what were the little subtle things that you were doing? Yeah, look, I you know, we're a healthcare company right and so health and well-being is critical for us and uh, for people to be at their best um, you know uh, and perform at their best it's health and well-being that's going mm. to make a difference and so look during um, during COVID and, and some of these things are outside of COVID but um, uh, in in terms of um, uh, you know an, an allowance in terms of being, being able to buy gym equipment if you can't go to the gym you need to exercise um, everyone gets a $600 allowance to be able to um, you know purchase gym equipment or whatever it is they would like to do as part of their health um, we gave everyone um, a, a, an allowance so they could set themselves up at home mm-hmm. um, that they needed you know a proper office chair and so on and so mm. forth uh, we moved um, a, a lot of things uh, online and had a lot of seminars in terms of healthy eating and well-being, mm. uh, you know, courses that, that we run, which were always obviously face-to-face, moved to virtual, and that's, you know, talking about energy for performance mm. in and that's one of our signature programs at Johnson & Johnson. And I think probably the, the biggest thing is, whilst I've spoken a lot about healthy eating and physical health, but the mental health. Mm really understanding how this was impacting people. And let me tell you, it impacts people very differently depending on one's circumstances or mm. even what state they are in, you know, mm. right? And, um, and, and so we had a lot of webinars in terms of resilience, um, in, in terms of coping with adversity. Um, you know, we very much had, a, had an ethos if you need to take care of your family through online schooling, work very different hours. Mm. Children out, sort your family out, and let's be creative about how we can manage during during this period of time. We had a lot of, you know, communications and town halls and, and whatnot to keep people updated um, in, in what was going. And, uh, you know, fundamentally, all of those things put together, they're all little incremental things, mm. but one upon each other, um, my, my my hope is that they did make a, a significant difference to the people in our organisation mm. and my belief that it did. Because that's good to hear. Because the change was that people were moving from 
an office of teamwork environment to an isolated position. I mean, even if they have family around them, in terms of their work, they're isolated. And so is that why you introduced all these programs and ability for people if they were suffering adversity or isolation or or whatever, you gave them a forum to help in that regard? Yeah, so while some of these things were in place, there was now a burning platform. Um, A lot of these things we moved from face-to-face to to online very, very quickly. Mm. That reason, Maureen, that you you mentioned, and uh, again, as I said, it was so different for for different people. People, You know, mm -hmm. felt some social isolation. Some people liberated. Um, Mm. Some people said, you've just saved, it's now two hours less commute time Mm. in now that I'm working from home mm. and this is a platform for how we could you know we'll work moving forward um so again different things uh, but um also um you know seminars on on managing um on financial management mm. and uh you know one of the biggest concerns during the COVID period and we have a um, a, a confidential um employee uh, access line and whilst we don't know who rings or, or whatnot? We do, all we understand is um, the, the topics that people talk about, and one was relationships, and one was finances. Mm. It's very apt that I'm here with you today, yes. show because this is this is important. Mm, that's right. Well, that's what we're trying to do with Tilly Money. I mean, we're focusing on women. Um, we that we got a lot of publicity when we launched Tilly Money, and we got a great write up. Um, in the Australian newspaper and there was a fabulous cartoon. It was about close to a half a page spread with the cartoon and it said, oh, Switzer's launched Tilly Money. Um, you know, it's a program for women. It was two blokes talking. It was a pro- program for women. And he said, oh, that's how the other guy said, oh, that sounds great. When are they going to launch one for men? <laughs> so, so, but, but our, our target is women because women have been unrepresented, you know, in lots of ways, you know, lack of super finance. But, uh, but as you said, your employees highlighted it as um, an area that they wanted more info and certainly part of the reason you're here today is to help us get accomplished women more exposure you know so women have a series of role models you know they they can look at you Susan and say well Susan Martin has just told me her story from moving to casual summertime job putting books in boxes to a nurse to sales and marketing J&J and then MD you know that gives them a feeling that I can do that too and I can be financially independent as a result of that as well. So that's, yeah. that's our aim. But we'll move on because we want to hear more about you. Diversity is a big topic um, in the workplace. How does J&J um, fulfil its diversity commitment? Yeah, so look at J&J, diversity is explicitly called out in what we say our credo or what could be defined as a, as a mission statement. And, uh, you know, it is, it is we must, uh, not we should, we must provide an inclusive work environment. Mm-hmm. We must respect diversity and so um this is something that is you know hopefully and and i can say hand on heart is within our dna now diversity of course you know gender is the obvious one uh, as we're here today or sexual orientation or religion um, but you know diversity is very broad and 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 we have a very broad view on that um, such as diversity of thought or background or experience because you know diversity is not for diversity's sake Mm. diversity is actually to improve business performance. Of course. Um, mm. Don't go away from that. Mm. There's 
numerous um, data points um, that, that, that tell us that you're more diverse your workplace, the more successful your business. Mm -hmm. And so see, this is not about diversity. This is about a business need of course. Uh, and a business outcome. Mm -hmm. And you know that that's the view that we have on diversity within within J and J. That's good to good to hear, and it's it's something you know you've obviously got the commitment. It's almost measurable in a way, isn't it? That you know who's who is ever in your workforce. You know how many people of different gender and how many people of different religious persuasion or sexual um, orientation, as you said. So it is quite measurable to um, to be able to achieve that purely by headcount. You know and. Uh, it's a, it's a good thing to see. And uh, and women in upper ranks as well. I mean, you're the role model there in many ways. Yeah, look, look uh, absolutely. So whilst we do not have quotas, um, we certainly measure it. Yeah. And we, we're very clear. Um, my board is just under 50% women and I really go by the what I say the 40-40-20 mantra. So mm -hmm. it should be 50% female, 40% male, mm -hmm. and 20% is always going to fluctuate depending mm -hmm. on um, what, of course, I, and, and uh, you know, I'm very. I feel very strongly about that. Um, I'm very vocal on other external boards that I'm on if the representation is not appropriate, um, because really, um, you know, any board should be representative of the of the you know either the organisation or the the customers that they serve and. Mm. Uh, so it is. It's something that we we need to keep a keep a focus on. Yeah, without a doubt. I've got a question here that I'd like to ask you, but in some ways you've already answered it. But I'll give you a clue. Um, one of the question is about have you got any money tips? You know, techniques you you use, and you already mentioned about that young aspirational nurse. You know, who had to do budgets. You know, to make sure that she had enough to eat and you know a roof over her head every day on that hundred dollars a day or whatever. So you obviously have kept budgets for a very um, long time. What's some other money tips you can tell women out there who are looking to improve their money habits? Yeah, and look, my, my money tips have, have evolved as my maturity has evolved. Uh -huh. um, yep. But, you know, one that I'm, I'm religious about, so to speak, is to pay my credit card off yep. uh, every month. And uh, sometimes it's the most basic money tips, which are actually mm -hmm. the most powerful. Um, the other thing now that I'm very conscious about is, um, you know, paying off my non-deductible borrowings first. Yes, of course. Um, and, and being very vigilant on, on that and being very clear, um, very clear on that. And then... So in uh, that case, Susan, just for anyone, because um, we like to explain things in terms of non-deductible borrowings, you're saying that if you had a, a mortgage on your home that you live in, you'd like to, or a personal loan or a car or whatever, you'd like to bring those loans down to zero as quickly as possible. Is that right? As quickly as possible. Mm. Um, Absolutely, and uh, um, you know it, it's all about making sure that we're in the the best tax position that we can be. We must and we do pay our full share of taxes, um, but we also need to make sure that we we manage that part of our finances as well. Mm, very true. Has there ever been a standout money tip that somebody gave you, gave Susan at a fourteen and nine months age? Um, when you were doing the book packing or when you were overseas, something that really stood out and kind of burnt in your mind and, you, you know, that's a bit of a mantra for you. Look, I um, possibly possibly the ones that I've already given yes. you, mm. 
Definitely the credit card. I mean, I've just never, ever had a debt on my credit card. I just don't ever, ever recall that. Um, but I think it's all, you know, whilst we're talking a lot about debt and saving, I, uh, you know, it's also important to, in, to enjoy, you know, yes. to enjoy the, the, your earnings, yes, right? You said that uh, earlier, yes. Yeah, definitely. Well, you've got to. There's no, <clears throat> you're not going to take it with you, you know, the old saying. So you, you've got to, you've got to um, make sure it enhances your life. It's too true. But what's the best kind of thing that you've ever spent your money on? Um, some people have said, one person said that they bought a dog, you know, and that dog kind of changed their life. Somebody else said it was a Harvard business course. Do you recall that you've spent money? I mean, you've told us a number of things that you've invested in yourself in, um, you know, just during the, the course of this conversation, the travel, you know, what, what's the best thing that you've spent money on? There's no doubt. For me, it's travel. And I get so much out of that because I see another another culture or another cuisine yeah. um, and because I love the learning that comes mm. with I love the experience that that comes comes with that and uh, you know you never return from a holiday and go gosh I wish I hadn't have done that <laughs> no I do recall many times Susan landing um, my base is Sydney though I, I do live in Melbourne well I used to I'm going back there soon I used to live in Melbourne pre-March this year um and I do recall many times where you look forward to coming home, but for Sydney, when that plan lands on the tarmac at Mascot, you think, oh, please take off again. You know, yeah. I don't want to go back. So, yeah, but yeah. Uh, I've, I've got you there. But, okay, here's one for you, Susan Martin. Okay, so if you could go back to the young nurse, um, maybe 21, and you could give her some advice, and we always say if she'd listen, because we know as women that sometimes we don't listen when we're young to the very best of advice. Um, what would you say to her? Look, I would say from a financial perspective, mm -hmm. I would say that, um, you know, I probably should have got into the property market earlier, saved a little yep. bit harder, got in a little bit earlier. Um, hindsight's marvellous. Um but from a probably more of an overall and a career perspective, what I would say to myself is, you know, all those reasons that you tell yourself that you can't do something or you shouldn't mm. do something or you won't be good at it. Mm. I mean, I'd love to take some of those away. Mm. Those self-doubts. Those self-doubts mm. and just, you know, um, and look, here I am sitting in this position, which is which is just which is just marvellous. Mm. I've had a lot of good sponsorship, as, as I said, but, uh, you know, there were so many opportunities potentially earlier on that I mm. didn't take, yeah. that I could have taken. Mm. Are you a risk taker, Susan? Well, yeah, my profile says I do have a little mm. bit of yeah. in, in my profile mm. and mm. Uh, obviously the bigger the decision, mm. you know, your profile sort of moves um, a, a, a little bit, but, uh, you know, I suppose I wouldn't get here without having taken a few no. risks along the way. No, very true. Well, now it's time for our rapid-fire questions. So oh, it's yeah. lightning round time. I'll give you a little bit of time to think about it, but okay. I'm just going to shoot a whole lot of questions to you okay. and just a couple of words, sometimes even one word. So are you ready? Let's go. Okay, let's go. I won't rest until. I achieve my goals. Good. Financial freedom is? Financial independence. Mm, very true. Always invest in? Invest in the things that don't cost you money, your family, your children, your mm. health. 
Mm, very wise. The future holds. The future holds, I think, a lot of hope and optimism. There are so many things that we will do differently post-COVID in the ways that we work, the things that are important to us. So, uh, yeah, the future holds a lot of optimism for me. Good. I'll join you on that. What's most important is? What's most important is, well, I work in a healthcare company. Clearly, it's your health and well-being, Maureen. Yeah, too true. And the world needs more? I think the world needs needs more kindness. Mm, that's a big thing. Yeah, I totally agree with you. I think the world might need more Susan Martins too. Oh, very so, kind. Yeah, <laughs> so there you go. We said kind. Um, Susan, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you um, on Tilly Money. We'd love to ask you to come back again because I'm sure that there's so many things we can chat about as we develop this platform for women and we empower women to lead uh, lives where they are financially independent and therefore they have choices about how they lead those lives. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Maureen. It was a pleasure. Terrific. Thanks, Susan. Your host this week was Maureen Jordan. Thanks to Ixon for our intro music. And see you next time. Thank you.